So a few announcements first. Is, is this fading back? Is it? It's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we get it right. We get it right. It's a bit jacked up, no pun intended. Come on. one, two, one, two. Bit better? Yeah. Better. All right. So, uh, so on the audio as we're there, what we're going to try to do today uh, is invite you to, as if it's an ice cream cone and you're about to lick the top of it. So, sorry, I've got two mics now, so that's not really helping. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so just help yourself when you're up. Don't be afraid of it. Put it up close as if it's an ice cream cone. We try that instead of the whole arm. It tends to be a bit invasive. All right. If somebody needs the audio recording of this, check that at the back, text, emails, and send on something, because sometimes when you're up here, you... People usually kind of miss what sentiment they get, like 5% of it, the rest of it is just gone. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting to, uh, to have that and work through it down the bottom, you know? Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So dropping. <clears throat> and if you need a cue, one that we spoke about last night was imagining that there's a line running down, slicing the front of your body from the back of your body, and place your attention behind that line, that dividing line. Pop your attention back there. It might make more sense for you to just rest there, hang out there, or can you can you meet the world from there? Just find what's comfortable, not challenging, just what's comfortable, what's easy for you. your breath get a little bit deeper. Slow it down.
going to ask some questions, but don't let your mind come in with a concept, with an answer, with an idea, with memory, with conditioned thought, just none of that package. Let your attention be at rest behind that midline. Are you male or female? Are you neither? Are you essentially a good person? Having a screwed up person? Or neither? Are you in a body, not in a body, or neither? Are you in a place or are you non-locatable? Is there anything absent, lacking from your point of perception? Without bringing in an idea, belief, thought, is there anything lacking? of perception inside you? Is it in the past? Present? Future? Or outside of time? Does it experience emotions or is it beyond all emotions?
your mind can only pick up an echo of that place that's behind. You can't really <coughs> go into it and let that be fine. But there is a, a, a zone, a territory that is non-localized, but that is more intimate than your most secret thoughts. of essence, but we can't really say what that essence is because there isn't so much substance there. So stay there. Letting there be access to that place 24 7. All the seeing arises from there, everything arises from there. See if you can recognize in yourself when ideas superimpose upon that. Maybe your body can feel the difference. mind is running the show and then the essence is seeing through your eyes, hearing through your ears. It's your mind that does things with what it's hearing. It's your mind that I like, I don't like, let's categorize it. It's good, it's bad. Your mind does that. Whereas the essence inside, nothing touches it. Nothing. Never did, never could. No matter what experience was thrown at you through life. The essence is outside of that playground. Stay there.
So when you're ready, open your eyes, but let your attention stay in the essence or behind your lateral line, whatever line that would be called, I'm not sure. Let your attention stay outside. For you're neither this nor that. You're outside of the place of opposites. Outside of that structure that mind puts on everything. It's either this or it's that. It's right or it's wrong. It's good or it's bad. No position at all. So see if you can engage your senses, but yet keep your attention outside of storyline. Or does your eyesight automatically come with a dialogue from your mind, labeling and making sense, trying to control what it is you see? So in a way, your, your vision will be softer softer because you, you're kind of inside, you're at home, you're at home, some kind of deep rest there. So can you engage your nerve endings to find out if the temperature in this room is comfortable for you without leaving that space? Mm-hmm. Stay in that space and let some functioning happen. It's not an either or. I, f- I forget and then I'm caught in the world and then I remember. It's like, hmm. Let's develop some neurological pathways so that actually you can function in the world but stay outside of it all of the time. That's what we're talking about. You know, birds can do this, birds of prey can do this. One eye, one of their physical eyes, looks at the broader view, while the other eye is looking at minutiae, at, you know, where the piece of prey is. So it relates to different sides of our brain. And most of the self-referencing comes from your left brain. So in a bird, the right eye, which has been sending information to the left brain, is looking at the small detail, the field mouse way down there. And the left eye is looking at the broader view to see if there's anything in its way that can come after it. 
So it's got this sense of the totality of the wider view. Okay, it's there for survival, but the essential wiring is quite like our own. So the left eye, the right brain, is the one that is not interested in the subject-object perspective. It's the one that embraces the totality, not <coughs> in particular. And it's very close to that zone of being outside of all of it. We can do it too. I, I know we can do it. And I think the species will change when we teach children how to do this, how to use their brain in the way that it's wired to be used. That's going to take a little bit of a reform of the education system. <coughs> Maybe after that. Can you see the particulars? And can mind be at work? But you're looking from the widest perspective, from the outside of any thought, memory, idea, identity, association with your body, association with it's Saturday morning in Carlsbad, story free. Something well worth playing with. New to you. Okay, let's see what we can explore, huh? Would you like to come up? Hi. I'm new to non-duality. I've uh -huh. been reading about it for about a month. And when we were doing that exercise, what I was doing was, I imagined my consciousness was here and was just all in, a, in space. Like Wider going, than the back of your head. Oh yeah, going, Beyond. going into the sky. Yeah. And then it was looking through me. Is that the proper way to do the exercise? Mm -hmm. A one-up? That's very good. Um, can you do it from behind your back, or is it very cerebral? No, I could have did. I could have did it from there. I, I thought you were supposed to make your consciousness like infinite. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Everything works for a while, and that's really good. That would really help you for a while, but it'll shift again. Um, where I was going was like a midline down the side of your body, any place behind it. What I've found over the years is that people who always go through the back of their head, there tends to be something that's not completely integrated. It kind of stays as very intellectual for a long time, all this information, and it doesn't kind of come down into the cells. So you can come through the back too? Yeah. See if you could come through the back too. See if it's same, same. Because then you're integrating as you're going. So... Okay, so you're going out to where it's infinite and vast. That's great. So that's 
that's a non-dual state, right? So there's the dual and then there's the non-dual. And there's a huge movement out there which kind of advocates that the non-dual is the way to go. Sure, it gets rid of the personal eye, it, it gives you a perspective where suffering doesn't happen. Crap happens, pain happens, but it's not all about me. It doesn't become huge and the only thought that you're running. So it's a much easier way to live. There's a prior to non-duality, which is neither, neither the division nor the unity, the finite, the infinite, but prior to both. So just to leave space for that. People generally don't have access to it until they get a good handle on the non-dual. But the, the ticket where you're going, the ticket that'll help you to go there, is like, all right, so there's the vastness, there's the, inf- the infinite, because you can feel that. Can't you? It feels like you can feel that. Um, not just an idea, but you've an experiential thing going on, which is great. So it's like, okay, drop those ideas. That's all. It's not about replacing something, it's about peeling away the non-dual layer. Do you see? Yeah, in other words, what I'm doing right now is just kind of a, a crutch in the meantime. It's kind of necessary, because yeah. that's, that's, that's the next landing place from the jewel is the non-jewel. But it's like, let, let's see if we can actually get you deeper still. I found as well that folks who go deeper than non-duality uh, stabilize in, in awakening much quicker. Because it's like they've gone beyond it and then they come back and it's much easier. They come back a little bit, landing into the non-dual. Do you see? It's like we overstretch our shoes to find, to find a place where it's comfortable. The yeah. Well, no, what is? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. Um, all I can call it is prior to non-duality because we kind of totally run out of words there. Um, it's... it's it's what's there when you take away the, the labels and the experience of the non-dual. You could call it nothing. Really nothing. Nothing at all. I take away the concept of nothing. What happens there, though, is interesting. Um, and it happens on its own. It, you, you, you can't look for it. All you can do is pull away the labels and the crutch of the, of the non-dual. What happens is that consciousness starts to break down. And you hit up against, whoa, existence itself is just an idea. Beingness, that was a crutch as well. Uh, The whole kind of present moment that's outside of time. Oh my God, I'm dreaming that too. So the very things that make the consciousness appear as non-dual, as pure consciousness, it starts to break down. Consciousness itself starts to break down. That lands you in liberation. So in my language, there's awakening and there's liberation. How liberation acts out in the world is that no concept ever motivates your action. Every action comes from, from, from the stillness. It's not sabotaged by the mind anywhere. That's freedom. When they say... Um I've been reading, when they say, for instance, you know, the table doesn't exist. Yeah. Do they, are they meaning it doesn't exist? I mean, it's made of molecules and it's, in other words, it's, it, it, it exists, but 
It's not existing in the form that we think it does. It's really just made of molecules, and because these atoms and molecules come together in a certain way, it looks like a table. What is that? What they mean? Yeah, the 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 idea, or the idea, the sentence that this table doesn't exist came way before we knew what atoms were and molecules were, and that there's actually space inside every atom, not something solid at all. And it's like it was a pointer. But if you come the scientific round, you'll end up with the very same conclusion, just as you said. So you can come from science, and if it makes sense to you, perfect. And if you come from spirituality, you'll see that, oh my God, my perception is creating this. The perceiving mechanism, in order for functioning to happen, is creating this. So, and, and we kind of, as our species, we have an, an agreement of what appears as solid is, is there. And, you know, what doesn't appear as solid is very questionable if it exists at all. Um, Let me ask you, mm-hmm. not coming from the scientific point of view, but coming from the spiritual, when you say your perception, your perception sees the table. Mm. Mm. But, I mean, if, if you are perceiving, mm. then the table would still be there, wouldn't it? No. So when you say no, do you mean no in the sense that it's... It, 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 God creates all, or let's say conscious or awareness creates all this? Because when you say, if you're not perceiving it, you know, it's kind of like when they say, if a tree falls in the forest, yeah. does it really fall? Yeah, yeah. I think it does, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I can't understand that part. Okay, so from the, the point, it depends the point of perception that's running, because different things appear as real at different times. And it's, it's like that, I suppose, that, that story in the scripture that you might have come across. It's like somebody's walking along the street and they're convinced that there's a, a snake right. under the bushes. And, and you've got fear, you've got the whole thing, and then you discover, oh my God, it's a rope, and I just imagined it was a snake. It's like, was there really a snake? Yeah, there was a snake in that person's perception. When they believed it was a snake, it, it was a snake. Because, you know, everything was manifesting as though it's a snake. They were being careful, they were nervous. But there never was a snake there. It's kind of like that. So our perception, our dualistic functioning perception, of course there's a table. I'd be nuts to say it's not there. My, my bottle of water is on top of it. But my dualistic perception is to enable me to manage in the world. So according to that mode of operating, this exists. But does it exist in all the other spectrums through which I can perceive? Nope. I don't understand that. Okay. So the dualistic perception sees things in a particular way. It seems me and you and Saturday, and it's all in subject to object, and it's, everything is vis-a-vis me. I'm at the center of it. That's how duality works. And this, of course, is what is the work. It's like, well, you who was at the center of it, are you really there at all? So that's a fast way to get in to see that, holy Moses, how I saw the world and believed it to be true was dependent on me taking me for real, to be real. So then you discover that there's nothing there except an idea that's only active when you're running it. When you're not running the idea, you're not there at all. So to discover that is beautiful. It's like, whew, there's a great relief, actually. So in that level of perception, so for myself, I have access to that level of perception, of course. If I go up to the hotel reception and say, hi, I'm Jack O'Keefe and I'm staying in room da-da-da-da, whatever it is, of course, I'm functioning as if me, myself, I, that's how it operates. But where I'm looking from 
I know that I'm just playing the game because that's how the functioning works in that level of perception. And I'm totally fine about, about playing the game that's appropriate in that zone. And the table exists there. Of course it does. In the non-dual level of perception, which I hung out in exclusively for a few years until I kind of got shaken from that one again, in that non-dual level of perception, what is the same in everything is way more obvious than what's different in everything. And, and you know, that's the infinite, that's the vastness, there's a lot of love there. It's it just, just what's the same, the unifying characteristic of everything. Because you're getting to be aware that consciousness, the thing that is producing everything, my God, it's just looking to be different, but it's actually the same all the time. It's all a frigging consciousness. It just has an outward mask that's different. That my dualistic perception is making it seem different so that I can function. Right? So the non-dual lens is like it's all consciousness. That's one of the classic sentences from non-dual. It's all consciousness. It's all the same. There's a unified field that's under underpinning everything, making it all to seem the same. From the non-dual perspective, then, the, are you saying that there's atoms here and that there's wood, but there's atoms here, but and we just define it as, as a table? Is that what you're trying to say? It I mean, because be. there's still something here, even from the non-dual perspective, it might, might not be the form that we see it in a dual perspective. Yeah. So is so, that what you're saying? So it's consciousness appearing as a table. But, the, I mean, is, is even the atoms consciousness? Yes. Consciousness is appearing as atoms. And we how call does, it... How does that happen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love your questions. That's why I'm saying yes. It's not an answer yet, but it's like, it's like yes. <laughs> so if the dualistic perception is asking how that happens, it's never going to get a proper answer. Really. Not really. Because, because the dualistic lens of perception is kind of very limited. It wants cause and effect. It wants rationalization. But the non-dual lens of perception... When you see that it's all consciousness, we've no problem with how it shows up. It shows up as a plant, it shows up as a table, it shows up as a bottle of water. It's like, but you know, that's like 0.001% or something of what it is. You see? And science is even going no, that way. Mm. Okay, okay. The, the lens, the non-dual lens of perception... To that lens of perception, it's kind of blatantly obvious that it's consciousness. When it's really working, and the the dualistic lens has kind of gone down to really low volume, what's the same is blatantly obvious. So the appearance of it doesn't kind of blow your mind too much. And it's like, but consciousness, because you're on the side of consciousness then, because you know your consciousness and it's all consciousness. So it's like, of course, consciousness can appear as anything. How does it appear? It's like, but it, just because it can. It, it sounds like a smart aleck answer, but that's, that makes sense. From your non-dual level of perception, that makes sense. It does it just because it can, because it doesn't have a cause and effect. It doesn't do thinking. It doesn't do things for a reason. All of that rationale belongs only to the dualistic zone of perception. Let me see if I got it. Yeah. Let me try it from my understanding. Sure. This might not be a direct translation, but would we say that, could we say that God or something like God 
for whatever reasons he has, is making it look like there's a table here? Is that, is that? That, that would be from a dualistic lens of perception, and that's valid, because God is something outside and God can have reasons. From the non-dual perspective, it's all God. There's only God. There's nothing that's not God. God never left the God self. So, from the non-dual perspective, this table's God. Yes. But for some reason, somebody or something is making it appear as a table, for some reason. Yes, our, our brains. Okay, so, I got it, I got it. So, there's God, and there's just oneness, and this consciousness, and our brains are creating this. Yes. Yes. But it's... But from the non-dual perspective, it's not really there? Um, it, it appears as a table, but it's still God in the non-dual perspective. Oh, I like that answer. That's easy for me to yeah, understand. Yeah, because it's, it's all God. So we could just say this table's God. Yes. But so are you. So yes. am I. So is the microphone. It, it can't not be something other than what it is because it's the unified consciousness field. You see? And when you say that I'm God... Um, Is that like I'm part like there's a big God and I'm like part of God, I'm a little part of him, or am I actually God? I mean, I, when, when you say it like that, I, I can buy that there's like a big God and, and I'm, I'm part of that. So that's the dualistic perception that is good with parts. Huh. From the non-dual perception, you so, are God, all of it. Why can't uh, is, is are we just limited by our physical bodies? So because God can create universes, I might not be able to do that because I'm limited by this dual body. That you might not be able to do that. Is it? Yeah, I mean, do miracles and create. Yeah. Is it because of the limitations of the, the body? Um, it's it's. God, you've got wonderful questions. I love it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> So, God doesn't do, from the dualistic point of view, God looks like he's doing it for a reason. From the non-dual, there are no reasons, because it's all God, because there's nothing needs to be changed or anything. It's just God doing God stuff, okay? So, would God do a miracle deliberately? No. No. It's either going to flow through that direction or not. Because God doesn't see, there's um, a, a, an issue and let's heal it. There's cancer and let's heal it. You see, God doesn't come in with, with something to fix. Because, because God's all right with making cancer in the first place. Because it's just consciousness rolling out some way. Right? Mm -hmm. But the realm of cause and effect, we see it as an illness and we are busy creating things to heal it. And that's fine because that's the human experience. Because cancer affects the human experience. Okay, and we want to control and we want to stay alive. But when you add all that into the mix, of course, it creates that next extra layer of creation. That's God too. It doesn't ever leave God. But it's like the, the capacity of God to experience in the world is done through us. Us appearing as God. That's why in the Bible, you know, they, I, I'm sorry, I don't know about other biblical things because, you know, that was my rearing. Um, it's like we're the hands and feet of God, you know? 
there's that kind of suggestion. Oh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we're the outpost of the divine. Because we're not abandoned, we are the same essence. There is only that essence in everything. But human experiencing is possible because of the dualistic perception, because there's an illness and I want to get rid of it. But pure consciousness itself doesn't do that reasoning. It does the illness and it does the cure, or not the cure. It's rolling out as all of it without any reason, rationale, needing to improve itself. None of that really exists. We do that part because we have the capacity to say, this is not okay and I want to feel different. Because the dualistic diversity says there's something wrong in the first place. Whereas if you drop into that God place, sure, what's wrong with anything? There's nothing wrong with anything. So the beauty of it is not to deny any lens of perception. And that's why prior to non-duality, that's the gift of it. It's like God. I can see the, 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 the unified zone and I can see the dualistic zone where I've got to say a table is a table. Of course it is. It appears as a table in this dimension. So for me, it's like, you know, you know those um, lights in the theatre where they put a, a, a gel, a, a blue filter lens over it for a specific effect or they put a red filter over it, right? It's like that. It's like the non-dual lens of perception kind of slides in or is activated in my brain and the dualistic lens are activated. I don't believe either. I don't. I know that they're just functions of this body-mind organism. I just know that they are. And, and it's not an issue. But the totality is kind of always in view. And what moves this form is, is what moves everything. But I, I, I'm not kind of justifying it or finding reasoning for it or saying it's better if I do this rather than that. I might use those words, but I'm only playing the game for conversation. It doesn't move me at all. So getting back to that question, um, the reason why I can't do miracles is because I'm, I'm a dual... I'm, I'm in a dual state, and the, the thing that would be trying to do miracles is is not the non-duality, it's the, the duality, which is the body, right? Is that correct understanding? Yes. If that's... Yes, and it's, it's specific to you and most people, sure, when we can't do miracles because we, we are locked into the dualistic realm of perception. Now, people who say no, who, who can do miracles and say, no, you are in perfect health and you, you're in perfect health. It's like, it's like they're able to just be vehicles for consciousness to reroute itself. Is it their intention that does it? Not at all. But we love to think our mind is in charge of it. We really, we just want to believe we free will. That's our way of, 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 of keeping the show going. It's like, well, yeah, I can do miracles, or so-and-so can, can do miracles. It's like, well, not really. It just looks like that because we want to say you can and I can't. It's God doing the miracles yes. if and when he wants. Yes. But without reason. Yeah. And it's all God. It's all God. Thank you. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah. homework. I just spilled my tea. Can I have 
So those of you who weren't here last night, this lady um, just wanted to know, where, where do I go next? Where do I go next? And I suggested make a bucket list because the sense that I was getting was that, that there were certain things lined up for her to do. There, there's a certain trajectory that her life will take and maybe her spiritual practice has in some way kind of brushed them aside, which is fine. So it's trying to find a balance really between sometimes we have personal goals that are not desire-driven, but there's a certain direction. It's healthy for us to be goal-driven, to have things to do, to have a, you know, a reason to get up in the morning, even though you know that there's no reason. But there's rules to this game. There are rules to this game, you know? So it's around pulling that back in in a way that's healthy, where she has the experiences that she needs to have, which in turn will make you grow. Good. Oh, I get to hold her. You sure do. Okay. Um, So I Googled it, bucket list, because I really couldn't think of anything. And I got a lot of good information. But... um, I don't know. I I'm really don't seem that interested in anything. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. So um, that's what got you into the zone in the first place. Yeah. But yet you know there's something stuck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, so. So my daughter is very interesting to me, and so. Um, Can you pull the mic a little bit closer. Well, let me just start at the top. So the most important thing in my bucket list is to live in truth. Okay. Okay. So that reactivated my desire because I wasn't even having the desire anymore. Um, so that that's good. I mean, I I can work on that for eternity. Right. <laughs> well, as long as the body is alive, to be living from a place of truth. Yes. Okay. So well, and even when the body isn't alive, because you were speaking about how. Even when we leave the body, if we, like, I had a death experience and it was beautiful, but you were saying yesterday that you can't keep it. You can't always keep that experience. So even without the body, yeah. to continue trying yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, and something else that has come to my att- attention through a class I took, Learning How to Learn, and another class... Um, about how your brain, negative thoughts are like yarn that covers the brain, and then positive thoughts are like gold string that kind of cuts through that buildup. So create new neural pathways through meditation and um, this mantra. It's actually a Louise Hay thing. I am on an endless journey through eternity, and there is plenty of time. I communicate with my heart all as well. So just trying to kind of use that as my mantra. So so these are my bucket list things, the okay. top things. And then um, to be more interested in my health, to actually not think of it, but to go to the gym and to do things because I'd like to have a healthy body. Um, to Here's where my daughter comes in. I'd like to, um, I don't know if this is more like a goals, though. It's fine, because that's where I was going to go with it. Okay. Perfect. Um, To pay off my debt so that 
as I get older, my daughter's not strapped with me, you know, sure. the responsibility of me. Um, to see my daughter living in her truth, which, you know, I don't know what that will look like, but I just, as long as she feels good about it, I don't know if that feels good to me. Uh, and to travel with my daughter to the Grand Canyon and to Hawaii. That's it. Okay. All right. So, I'd like you to tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part to yours. There was a woman here yesterday, and you told me that she was connected into a stream and that she didn't really belong in that stream in oh, this lifetime. The Woody Allen. The one right before yeah. me. Yeah, she, she was great. I she liked is. her. She's not here. No. <laughs> so... I, one of the things that I was looking at is changing my career. Yes. I, I like what I do. I do hair, and I do body work and energy work, and I enjoy being with people. But I feel like I'm maybe supposed to be doing something else. And so I'm wondering if you see anything. I mean, I kind of started looking at different careers this morning on the computer as uh -huh. well. Like what? Well, like acupuncture, but I, as I looked at them, I knew that wasn't right. So I, I just wonder. I don't, I don't know. It just seems like there's something, but I don't know what it is. Do you know? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I know that there's a career change. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's not quite ready yet. Okay. So, so we've, we've got a few different phases. Okay. I want you to do more work on your list. Okay, I will. Yeah to set actual goals, like realistic goals. Not like, I'm going to have my debt paid off in five years. It's like, no, yeah. if, if you are going to have a debt paid off in five years, you need to know how much you're going to make each month. Just really get details. Okay. Pull it right down, right down to practical stuff. Okay. Um, you're, 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 if, if you're as clear and if you're living in truth, your daughter's going to pick it up by osmosis. She's just going to pick it up. Okay. She's going to pick it up. She might reject it, but that will actually quicken things for her, you know. Um, that's the only one that, like, that there isn't anything to do about, actually. But it's kind of interesting when you were talking about um, egos or something yesterday and about, uh, to this lady, about has anything happened in your life? Has anything happened in your life that like a test to see if you really are in that space. Yes, yes. And my daughter and my husband, who I'm separated from, but I'm not divorced from yet, are kind of like my my hook and yes. my thing. And so I really blow it around my daughter because uh -huh. when I have uh -huh. her half the time and when I have her, I'm really like trying and I really want to give her everything. And so... I'm really failing in the living in the truth because I get more hooked in around her in the half of the time when I'm with her. So are you saying the desire to want to be the perfect model for her is actually taking you away from what's really valid and true for you? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I live the truth more when I'm not with her than when I am with her. So Because I get hooked into... What do you want? What can I give you? Uh, I want you to be happy. What are you, are you happy? Can you drop all of that? Um, I don't know if I can. I just notice it a She lot. just needs you to be yourself. Yeah. Just to be yourself. 
because living in truth is the most honest space in the world. Otherwise, we're living a lie, you know. It's interesting that the word truth is so close to true, you know. What is true and what's not a lie? Living from there. Yeah. So. But it's so boring. Uh, I mean, if you have a child <laughs> who yes. is in school and is very, you know, filled with all the stuff. And I mean, I so I was thinking about it, even writing down to take her traveling. Her dad takes care of all that. He's very much in the world, and uh-huh. she has that. Uh-huh. But I, it's almost like a competitive thing or something. Uh-huh. Like, I want I want to be what she needs, and, like, the truth... She needs you to be yourself. I, yeah. But why is that not okay? Because it's not what she desires. She <laughs> desires something So your job is to else. satisfy her desires? That's going to teach her to find her truth? Yeah, it seems like it. I I think that just comes from maybe the desire I had for my mother to want to fill my desires. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the projection I had onto her that she wasn't a good mother because she didn't, you know, yeah. look over me and try to fill my desires or know yes. what they were. It yeah. has to break that passion. Yeah. Yeah, and so how do I do that again? <laughs> Be more authentic. And see what the fallout is. So when your daughter wants to, let's do this, let's do that, you know, and she's asking something of you, and you're like, ah, so now what am I going to do? You know? I actually do that with her. Oh, you're I the one who like, says, do what do you want to do? We have to do something. I want to make, make a list. What do you want to do? We want to make cookies. You want to paint. You know, I want to make sure that she get stuff done and she'd probably like to do nothing you know but it would maybe be good to take her for a walk in nature or do something that's not so anyways do you think <laughs> do you think you'd get a cue from deep inside yourself if you dropped the the pattern that you learned from your own mom if you dropped that pattern do you think you'd get a cue inside or would it would you just do nothing all day and just sit down and actually not even communicate with her i mean would the whole world stop oh no no not at all yeah can you go into that unknown space and see what it would be like to parent from there yeah i can try yes i can do it yeah you can definitely do that of course you can yeah live from truth when you're with your daughter yeah and it's going to take a, a little bit of adjusting. But you'll find your groove. Especially if she's got the in-the-world stuff from her dad. It's like, uh, how beautiful is it that, that you might be the stillness? The kind of where can, she can just like, ah, veg a bit and hang out. Yeah. And see what it's like to be just easy and going with the flow. Instead of revving it up unnaturally. Yeah. She doesn't see who you are, you see. So she can't pick up living from truth by osmosis from you. Right. If you've got this facade of, I'm here to satisfy your desires going on. You're not there to satisfy your desires, as your your own mom wasn't there to satisfy your desires. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, 
Yeah, I, I think that probably I don't, even though I've had different experiences and have felt different ways, I don't, I guess I'm just not to that place yet. And so I don't really know what it's like. And so when I project it in my mind to what I've tried to do in the past or what I might try to do, it just seems like when you have a child, you have to be more organized and you have to have the things ready and and you're always kind of in go, go, go mode. And you even have to um, organize the time off because that's kind of part of it. Or you just drop everything and nothing gets accomplished. It's an either or? Yeah, I guess not. It seems kind of silly what I'm saying. And even as I'm saying it, I'm realizing that maybe I'm not as far from that as I think I am. That sometimes um, part of my ego thing is that I'm doing better than I think I am. And I can't even see that I'm doing better yes. than I think I yes. am. Yes. Is that true? <laughs> yes, know. I've noticed that from you. <laughs> okay. is, is that you downplay how you're doing. You, you do that, yeah. You just downplay. You do. So, you know, 50 years ago, even 30 years ago, it wasn't go, 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 go. If you're not doing things with your kids, you're not a good parent. That's a new thing. I'm not sure it's so healthy. We survived for a few thousand years before that speed came in. I, we might have been better off. So it's okay not to be wild busy. Sure, if you, if you want to do something with her, give her two things to choose from. Two is enough for a kid. This or this. It's enough. Because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Otherwise, they're compensating for your own indecisiveness. Yeah. You know, two is enough. You know? Or we could do this, do that. Or just do nothing. You know? Just, just amp it down. Just amp it down. Because it's more in line with what's right for you. Yes. To amp yes. it down. So that's where we're going. That's your barometer. And then you'll find a way that can work for both of you. But right now, you, you, you know, it's all mixed up with your own rearing, of course, you know? That's yes. fine. That's fine. You're nearly peeled off anyway. Good. What did you just say? Uh, the, the, the passion that you're repeating from your own rearing, it's, you've it almost pulled off. It, that's, that's all. It's ready to go, actually. Oh, good. It's ready to go. Yeah. It's ready to go. You do have the, the kind of courage to, to parent in a way that's true for you. Oh, good. Instead of listening to the influence of, like, if I'm not organized, it's not all together. You know, it has to be go, 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 or we're getting nothing done. It's like, well, get nothing done and see what it's like. Get nothing done. So what? Let's see what it's like for a while. Play with it. You're the adult. <laughs> Yeah. So you just want me to kind of go into this list I do. and I do. make little subsections. Of make subsections, turn them into goals, into practical stuff, okay. and let it inform your life a bit. You've been in the phase of having no desires. You know what it's like to be desire-free. You know what it is. So we've got to pull in things to give direction to your life. Okay. If a desire cranks up, it's actually all right, because I want you to maybe in six months' time, to be able to know the difference between 
you know, that's just me motivating myself to do that. Is it really a desire? No, because I know it's not going to make me happy, but it's going to help my life to be more organized or for me to pay off my debts early. Or for, it's, just, it's just common sense. That's very helpful. You see? Thank you for saying that. So I all that kind of stuff has to be reignited. That's not desire. That's, that's, that's a human being having direction and goals and order and... Do you know? Yeah, so I have fear around that somehow. And it's like, um, I remember last time when I talked to you, I was like, oh, all of our egos, how can you sit with us and all of our egos? And you said, well, I am you and I'm everything. And and so maybe there's a fear of losing the peace that I feel without having the desires. And even though... I would like to go to the gym and I would like to do different things. It feels really good to just be okay with everything for once in my yes. life and yes. and uh, yes. get drives Doug a little crazy because yes. he's he's able to still do that, have the desires and work towards them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. Good. Okay. So so try the common sense rationale for your mind. It's like it's common sense for me to be healthy. It is common sense, actually, for us to look after. Our, our, it doesn't have to be desire-driven. So it can be common sense that motivates you to go to the gym three times a week. Yeah. Good. So find the difference of, like, when does it go into desire and when is it just me managing my life? Me having an agenda of, of what to do for, for the good of me and all. Like, you've got to let that free up, huh? Yeah, is that is that a lack of desire, or is that my ego keeping me from getting things done? No, it's it's that you took the absence of desire a bit too far. Okay. Okay. You know, dissolving desire it just went a little bit too far. Yeah, so that's why it's so important to find out where does the desire start, and where does having kind of common sense and. Uh, you know, a personal agenda that's not that's not owned, that's not desire driven. Can there be a personal agenda with agenda that's not all about desire? It's like okay, the benefit to go to the gym is I'm going to be healthier. End of story. It's not it's caught up with self image. It's not caught up with I have to do this because then it's like no, it's just common sense. This is me taking care of myself. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So it's around feeling that and letting that open inside you again. A, a new, and a career shift will come, but it, it'll come. But not yet. This needs to be organized first. Your, okay. your lifestyle has to change and find its, its position. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Christine. Hi. Um, I'm not sure if I heard you correctly last night, but I think I heard you say that we don't have a free will. Can you explain that to me? Because I don't understand that. Mm. Yeah, we, we actually don't at all. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a trick that our minds play on us. Okay. So science made a, a little bit of headway in this, which helps us to understand how, how it's so. And uh, studies that they did in Germany uh, some years ago in neuro, neuroscience, uh, they did things like, you know, fire an electrical impulse in part of the brain and, and the subject starts laughing and they end up saying, no, I'm, I'm laughing because of such and such. And it's like, really? We'll we, we just do it again. Why are you laughing? I just remembered such and such. And, you know, it's like, do you think that you... I said, no, I was playing with my memories. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because of something, not because of anything you guys did to me. It's like, huh. You know, or they did... I remember seeing, seeing a doc, documentary about this, actually, myself. Um, there was a... Actually, there's loads of them. I'm just thinking of different examples that are coming in. There's, it kind of caught on and became a wave of, of what neuroscience was doing, you know? Because they were like, what, what, what? So, so there, there's some guy lying down and said, okay, so we're going to ask you to raise an arm, and when you've decided which arm you're going to raise, you tell us. And so, so, you know, a signal goes up to the brain, he's going to move his left arm. So they're inside saying, okay, he knows he's going to lift his left arm. Have you decided? And he's like, no. Okay, tell us, okay, now I've decided. I'm going to lift my left arm. And they're like, whoo. And it was up to 15 seconds of a delay between when it was going to do something and then the mind plays catch up and imagines, imagines that it's doing something. Every single thing is decided from someplace else. Mm. Yeah, our mind is, is kind of slow. But it comes, our, our thinking mechanism comes with the idea that we have autonomy, free will, you know, that we're decision-making, that we have control. We love being in control. We love it. Um, and, and we have a real problem with, with seeing that we have no free will at all. So it looks like we free will because that's the way our mind works. It looks like we have, and we play the game as if we have. But, you know, we, we seem to have this acceptance of why, like, bears come or raccoons come and they pull open the trash and they say, well, you just move the trash because he's a raccoon. He's going to do what a raccoon does. He can't help it. We're the very friggin' same. We can't help it either. We're just not as predictable yet. We haven't seen our patterns quite so much. We've put things together. It's like, okay, if you don't have good road models when you're ki a kid, chances are you're going to go in that direction. And if you're, you know, lucky enough to be educated, you're probably going to go in the professional direction. And if, you know, we, we can see patterns, but we, we're not yet tight enough in our own evolution and understanding ourselves to actually see if you have A, B, C, D, E, F, you are absolutely going to choose A here and B here and C here. That's already there. It's there. We're just really slow. We're only just, we're only just coming to terms with the fact that, that our mind is up to 15 seconds late in imagining that it's deciding what already is in place. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we... Our lives are already... Yes. 
Yes. Wow, I just have a hard time grasping that. Sure, I know, yeah. I know. Like, I feel like I can change anything and make any decision. And yes, and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a hypnosis. It's hypnosis. You're just believing the capabilities of your mind. And we need to do that. We need to believe in the capabilities of our mind in order to have that experience, to fool ourselves into having that experience that we have choice, because we love choice. Do you see? Okay, yeah. yeah I, I kind of do. That's um, something that has to sink in. It kind of goes over my head a little bit. Sure, sure. But that's fine. That's fine. And, and even if you reject it, that's fine too. That's what has to happen too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm so glad that science has come up with these things because for the first few years of doing this work, when I said it to people, they were like, now you're talking total BS. Like, now it's total BS. And it's like, oh, thank heaven. Because we, we honor scientific studies, mm-hmm. you know, rather than you know this inside you. If you go hang out inside, even if you ask a question, show me the truth around if I have free will. Sooner or later it will come because you're opening a door for the wisdom that's already inside you to inform your own understanding. You see? Um, but, but we prefer to go, to go for scientific models. So I've changed my approach, which is interesting. It's like, yeah. no, we've got we to gotta feed it to where it's going to make sense. You know, and, and science is valid there. But spirituality is valid all of here, and science is only just beginning to knock on the door of it, you know? Mm. I think I can understand the spirituality part easier than the scientific Ha-ha. part for some reason. Beautiful. Beautiful. So then, when, when you drop into that, that the God place, <laughs> the essence place, do you know that, that, that decisions will be made from there? Do you know that kind of movement will happen from there? Yeah, I kind of trust that uh, instinct. Like I'm trying, when I make decisions, that I think I'm making decisions, I try to listen to my heart instead of my brain. Yes. Okay. Good. You're on the track. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And do you know that whichever one you made, whether it was a brain decision or a heart decision, do you know that that was the only one you could have made? Well, no, I figured I made, but I listened to my instincts kind yes. of thing. But I didn't think that's the only one. I figured I had choices. I just picked one, one of the choices. Yeah, <laughs> that you picked one of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I know the ego will tell me one thing and my heart tells me something different. Right. So I try to decipher yeah. what's the best choice to make. Yes. And so because you're at where you're at, and to get there, you've heard different advice that you know your heart is going to have more wisdom than your brain in most decisions. Because that influence has come in, it gives us more understanding. And that understanding then opens the way for you to choose that direction, the heart direction. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Mm -hmm. If that influence hadn't come in, you might still be choosing the brain direction. All right? So that piece of conditioning that came in is like the heart has more wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
it made it inevitable because that wisdom in some way resonates with you. Mm. And now that's the way you're making decisions. You will abandon that for pure consciousness making the decisions down the line. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> do you see? And when it does that, that will then be the only option you can do. Wow. Okay. You see? Yeah. Because trying to tell you now, okay, you know the heart says choose X, and your brain says, no, no, choose Y. And you know if I choose Y, I'm just going for fear. And if I choose X, oh my God, that's going to feel so much better. You really don't have a choice. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? You, you don't really. You're, you're going to go with what feels better. Yeah. You're going to go okay. with the conditioning that has, you know, that your memory says, when I do this, it doesn't work out well. When I do this, it does work out well. That's your mind trying to put a, a reasoning on it. Mm -hmm. But that conditioning came in so potently because it's part of your evolution to follow your heart. Yeah. You're going to move towards your evolved form. You're going to do it. You just think you're deciding it. Hmm. Okay. Because you're running the memory of when I follow my heart, when I follow my head. Right. This is the one. So this is our brain's layered up story hmm. that we imagine is making the decision for us. Hmm. Do you okay, see? Yeah. Do you see? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. That's cool. I like, I like that. Yeah. So, so all of the, we're just conditioned by all these different things. You know, and as understanding comes, we, we get wiser and we, we're dropping closer all the time to mind not diverting pure consciousness mm -hmm. because of fear or because of something else. So, so the whole trajectory, all of it, is consciousness moving, moving through the brain, less and less brain, and then pure consciousness itself. To where there's no ego at all, there's no debate at all, and it's just pure consciousness moving all of it. You that, see? That would be awakened. State. Yeah, that's an awakened state, yeah. 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 And all of it, all of it is pure consciousness. It's just that the brain is active for a while, trying to rationalize it, mm -hmm. but pure consciousness is doing all of it. All of it. Oh. Even giving you the imagination that, you, that you're choosing. Yeah. Consciousness is doing that too. Wow. Because that's how consciousness imagines that it has free will. That's how it has that experience of having free will. Because it really doesn't. So we have to imagine it. And this is the setup that we believe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I get it. Great, great. <laughs> sinking a little yeah, bit. Sure. But there were things that you said that I, I did get. So yeah. it definitely made it easier for me to understand. Because when I heard it last night, I was like... What? Yeah. So yeah. thank you. No, I'm glad for picking it up. Really picked it up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm sure. sure. I just wanted to ask a, a question. Sure. Do you want to come on up? <clears throat> Connie, I wonder, could you take this off? I'm being choked by my... Uh, <laughs> thank you. If you could just yank it off and I'd hold it in my lap or something. Thanks very much. Got it? Thanks a million. That's great. Lovely. Hi. Hi. Um, Christina's conversation just kind of cracked something open for me, and I would like to just go a little bit deeper. Great. Um, so what I heard you say was that the mind in this lifetime wants to choose to believe that the choices in the life that we've had has been our choice, but 
it's really all been determined prior to coming to this life? Yes, but not in a personal way. Actually, can you say more? Can you say more? Sure. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so this is a conversation that's like the deepest for me that I probably didn't think that I wanted to open up, but I'll, I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper in it. <clears throat> so my son was born with um, differences and with challenges in this lifetime. And for many, many years now, <clears throat> the mind has wanted me to like go down the rabbit hole of believing that it was because of this or it was because of that. And... Um, I've been on a spiritual journey for a while, and as I delve into my practice, um, so much of what you're sharing and so much of what I've been, what I heard last night and what I'm hearing today um, is bringing this um, peace around the knowing that um, what is is just is. And for me, oftentimes around the subject specifically, it's much easier for me to stay behind the perimeter of the line and to watch. And when I can do that, the pain and the suffering is much less. The knowing and the acceptance is there, but there isn't that... um, it doesn't pummel me forward. So yes, I'm in touch with, um, in my daily life, on a daily basis, I will often fluctuate from going behind, getting pulled up forward, and it seems to be that the one element that really brings me forward most is the one around my son. His name's Chance. Um, And so what I heard in the last conversation, which is what brought me up here, is there's a part of the mind that sat in my seat that wanted, that heard the thought, well, we all choose the lives that we choose. And it's not our choice. So so we come into this human experience to, with with what seems to be everyone's different script of this dream. Yeah. And that uh, I came in with my script. Um, and um, there's a part of the mind that wants to believe that that's true because then the suffering is less. And where I'm going with that specifically is if Chance chose this lifetime and if he chose... In my mind, I believe things should be different. He should look different. His actions should be different. The world should see him differently. And he should see the world differently. And there's a lot of suffering in that. And then when I step back behind the perimeter and just see that all is God, that there is such a perfection in who he is, in everything that he is, in all that is, period. Yes. 
um, that offers me a reprieve yes. in a way that nothing else does. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to go back to the same language I was using. Like, so the dualistic is like how the world sees them. There's right and wrong, and it could be better. And, and why isn't he accepted in the world or a different way, etc.? Okay, that's the dualistic lens. So the non-dual, you see what's the same, and you see the beauty of it all. Okay. I want to pick a little bit at, at the part of you that seems to be using the non-dual lens as like a band-aid because it's a preferred zone. It's easier. Mm. If we go to the non-dual lens to avoid the reality that we experience when we're looking at things dualistically, it's not sustainable. You've got to see through the falsity of the dualistic lens. You've got to see the limitations of it. We can't avoid it. You've got to be okay with it and see through it and see the limitations of that framework of how the world functions on one level. But you know that the world functions on the non-dual level also. That the beauty of, of, of having this child is, is available to you also. Okay, I'm not making much sense. Okay, let's, let's go at this from another angle. It sounds like that your mind is saying, if I view from behind the line, I'm okay with it. And if I'm pummeled forward into the dualistic world of where there's actually something not okay with having a child that has differences... If you push yourself forward into that, you can't use one as a pain reliever for the other. Then you'll forever be jumping from one to the other. In front of the line, behind the line, in front of the line, behind the line. That's torture. Yeah. Okay. So I'm after the part of your mind that's jumping from one to the next. I want you to see through the place of where differences are pronounced. I want you to see through it. Now, at one point of perception, from one viewing place, we can see that you chose him as a kid. He chose you as a mom. And there's a beautiful perfection in that. In another point of perception, it was completely random. The thing is, Consciousness, God, that which is moving all of it, is, has no problem at all with you as mom and as chance as your son. Has no problem at all with how your life is being experienced and how his life is being experienced. Consciousness has no problem with it. We come in afterwards with a dualistic lens of perception and, and name differences and say that something's not okay. Now, if you want to hang out with the afterthought that is completely human around okay and not okay and suffering and it should be another way, if you want to hang out there, you will only suffer. You will only suffer. There's nothing to be gained there because it's so based in a, a subjective lens of perception that's not true. Are you still with me? I am absolutely with you. 
to that point. Okay. Is it possible the mind has told me or I've believed because I didn't and have hung out in that space so much so that my heart has physically broken? Open heart surgery, heart attack, (coughs) heart patient. Is that a true belief or is that just the mind? Did that just randomly happen? Or could it possibly have been that hanging out in that space of what you're speaking to, that suffering, could have caused that? Yes. Thank you. Yes. And yes, I'm with you. Yes. So... And I'm, I'm very close, so close to leaving that place. Yes, you are. You are, yeah. The suffering that somehow, you, unbeknownst to yourself, you signed up for. You, you signed up in some way to, to, to make suffering out of your life. And that perception made it happen. Yeah. You've got to see that that suffering is for nothing. It's not helping anyone or anything. It's just an experience of suffering for no gain. It's pointless. It's not teaching you anything anymore. You can draw a line under that one, sweetheart. Really, you can. You've got to see through the suffering, the pointlessness of suffering. There's there's a time of when it's useful. And it blew your heart open. Fine. But actually, it's going to be only destructive if you stay there. Now, if you have a pattern in, you, in yourself of being destructive on yourself, we've got to go there. If, it's been the pattern of my life. All right. Time to break it. Yeah. Here's the underlying print that's got to go. Enough. Self-sabotage, self-blame, punishing, what if, should be better, could be better. All of that story is no longer serving you. It's done. It's, it's done. So how do I break it? Like, I, I've thought that I've, I've um, like, I feel like I've lived a life of trying to break it. Yes. Okay. Do you know that you're inherently goodness itself? Do you know that? That, that you are goodness. Do you know that? I know other people see me as that, but I don't know that I know that. Uh, the world sees me like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to mirror something back to you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Could you make a leap and would it be safe for you to shine your light? To own that goodness. To come out of the closet. (laughs) You know? Hiding what your true nature is. I don't know why that's fearful to me. I know what you're speaking to. And I know that there's a huge, huge light there. Yes. And... And in the depths of my soul, I know that yes, um, there's something that is 
afraid of sharing it with the world. Yes. So that fear has allowed the suffering to have its experience, to do its thing. That was the purpose of that fear. It did its job very well. It's now defunct. Everything that has a beginning has an end. And that fear cranked up a long time ago, and it's time for it to die. It gave you the opportunity to experience suffering deeply. Done. And it kind of is that simple. Yeah. It is, actually. It's just like a switch. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. There's not anything behind it. It just, it just is. It just is. Yeah. Yes. So there's a coming out. And whether the world sees your light or not is completely immaterial. It's about you owning it and you coming from that place. Mm-hmm. And there's tremendous power in it mm-hmm. which I know by your system you're not going to abuse that power don't worry you're, you're mm-hmm. not going to it's, you, you couldn't actually mm-hmm. you don't have it in you mm-hmm. so so it's good to take it I'm ready yes I think so I think so okay yeah I'm complete unless you feel like there's anything yeah. else I, I, yeah it's no we're, we're good I'm just watching things kind of reorganize. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And take that clap. You know? Take the clap. Take it. Okay. Just take it. Let it in. And whether the world, in a position of like that, of where you kind of, whoa, you, 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 break, you break a cycle of, of suffering or a belief system that led you into having experiences of suffering for a very long time. When you break it and you're like, whoa, you're claiming your power. And... Um, if the world rejects you or not, it's completely and totally... You don't care. It's completely material. Completely, because the power is immune from external gratification or rejection. It's, it's, it's power that's, that's from another place altogether. It's not of the world. It's an inside light wanting to come out because it's not, you know, it's, it's not bowing down to an experience of suffering that needed to happen. You see? You know? Yeah. So, so it's not dependent on, on praise or, you know, not, not, it's not going to disappear with, with rejection. It will just stand its ground regardless. So it can take the clapping and the endorsement and say, great, thank you. Hey, that's great. Yeah. You know, it, it can take it. Or the rejection is like, okay, sorry you feel that way. And you move along. You see, you become very autonomous inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this, the dualistic realm is just—it's just a playground. It's just a playground. You're not—you're not at its whim, its beck and call for judgment anymore. It's like—it's just a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. 
there's nothing to be gained there except experience of suffering, and you have ticked that one off. <laughs> you have done. Yeah. And there comes a time, you know, of when all suffering has a beginning, so it all has an end. It does, but sometimes we drag it on and on and on, and we just keep chewing it. We do, you know, and, and that's part of it too. But then someday there comes this like, oh my God, I'm just hurting myself. It's like there's nothing else going on. I'm just hurting myself. And it breaks. When we get to see that, it's like, okay, well, you're at the end of it now. I've just been hurting myself. You know? There's no other lesson in it, you know. Then you're done. Are there tea-making facilities down there, John? Well, we have a little tea break. Okay, maybe ten, ten minutes? Tea and pee? Okay. Hello. Hi there. Oh, I have to turn on the switch yeah. to the side, sorry. So I wanted to thank uh, Christina for her share, because it uh, reminded me of some things. And um, I guess... I'll share just what I had shared with you about when she was talking about this experience of free will and the sensation of surrender, living in surrender. Um, Michael Singer just wrote his book, The uh, Surrender Experiment, Experiment, where he surrendered his life. And having the experience of trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and then finally getting to a place like looking for the right, right mate or right house or right dog, whatever, and finally I surrendered. And the most wonderful thing happened. I couldn't have even planned it, you know? So we were saying that, but that's like the reward system for being in alignment with no choice. So then my question was, I've been playing with this uh, teaching about living in the end result, feeling, feeling the reality into existence, into objectivity, um, and wanting to know your thoughts on what's at play there, because I've been experiencing results from doing that, where I imagine, what is the experience that I would like to be having? What's my preference over what's currently happening? And then feeling, how would, asking the question, how would that feel if that was my current reality? Letting my body, you know, using my imagination to smell, touch, taste, and feel that reality, and then waiting Visual, continuing to visualize it until my body has a response, letting me know that it has believed this. And then having that happen in my reality. What's happening? How is that happening? <laughs> <laughs> and, and are there any hooks there that I need to be aware of? <laughs> it's like, does it work I'm, all I'm the doing time? That. Yeah, does it work all the time, Brian? Uh, I'd say no. Yes, how come? Why does it not work all the time? If it's a system. Uh, because I, I think it has something to do with belief. My, 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 that doubt is still part of, this, in the system. That there's still doubt in the body, in the cells. You know, so what if I really am that much of God? You know? Because that was kind of what I started playing. Was like, if I'm if I'm God, 
let me just start acting like God and start playing with creating my reality. Mm -hmm. And does it make you happy? It sure does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Would you be unhappy if you weren't doing it? Um, I, well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. So if I said don't do it anymore, mm -hmm. would there be a response? I, actually, it would be obedience because everything you told me to do has been fantastic in my experience. It's, you know, resulted in the in the positive results. So I'd say, okay, I'll try that. Right. Okay. Okay. You do it from that perspective. All right. In, in, and also the awareness that it's there. That why I ask about the hooks is I totally see that some there's there's a danger and certainly a slippery slope of thinking there's feeding the eye that's doing something. Yes. Yes. So tell me more about that. Can you, is that an idea, or do you know that there really is a hook there? That the eye is kind of getting bolstered up by being potent? Yes, and yes, I do. Uh, yes, and that I loved where you started us out, because I wasn't here yesterday, but I loved that um, cultivating the. <coughs> The witness, for lack, you know, for lack of a better thing, and being able to create those synapses to be able to operate in the world from that place. So there is this guy, this, I, I guess it's an American system. When I met my husband first, he was doing these set of CDs. It's kind of like, I don't know, I, you know, one of those kind of exclusive groups of, teaching you how to have it all, manifest, and that kind of technique is in it. Kevin Trudeau is the name of this speaker. Is this ring a bell somewhere? Okay. And, and I was like, you're into that? Okay, fine, if it's working for you. He was working hard at it, you know? And then somehow, I saw an interview, or heard it, I'm not sure which, I think it was a podcast, of the guy who set up the whole thing. And of course he, you know, lives on his yacht and hangs out in the Bahamas and all that. Mm -hmm. But he was saying all of the program around teaching people how to, how to alter their experience of the world is, all of it, is just an effort to show them that it doesn't matter at all. It's not where it's at. But it's a darn great uh, way of fast-forwarding you into a place of... Um, squeezing all the goodness out of your desires, of really fast-forwarding into, like, using up your desires to actually discover that's not it either, you know? And the interviewer says, yeah, but it's easy for you to say that because, you know, you're here in the Bahamas and you've got your big yacht and you're, you know... And he's like, you know what? I, if, you want me to live on a little hut in a, up in Maine or something? I'll do that too. I don't care. It is totally not where it's at. But, but it seems to be effective to kind of exhaust people of their desire. Yeah, and I'm kind of, I come, I'm kind of heading in that direction myself, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like a place to meet people. That's like meet people where they are, and that's what they're looking for. Yes. They want, it's like controls the master addiction. 
So let's feed that one yes. to help self-destruct it. Yes, you feed it to self-destruct it because it will fall apart. It will prove itself to be empty. And if already you're, you're, you're sensing that this can ignite a few hooks, it's like, ah, it's beginning its demise. It's, it's, it's beginning to show its face that it's actually just looking for something in the world as if something in the world is going to do it for you. And it'll do it for a while because the distraction quality, not really because of what it gives you. It's the distraction is what we love. We love novelty. You know, we like this kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's that they're the building blocks of desire. And ultimately, it just leads to pain. It does. Sooner or later, it just leads to pain. It shows itself to be not worth it. But it's a nice ride, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you started off saying, saying that uh, the, the reward for, for surrendering can show itself up in the very thing that you were attached to, or like somebody really wanted to get pregnant, that seems to happen a lot with women. And once they just, okay, actually, it's never going to happen, bingo, they get pregnant. You know, it's this kind of thing. Um, these things were going to happen anyway. They were, going to, they were coming anyway. And, and the, you know, we're so obsessed with desire. We're, we're like, we're, we're altering consciousness, giving you something anyway. And a lot of our desires are lined up with what's going to come anyway, because we're sensing what's going to come. We've no place to put it in our minds because the idea that it's already set is someplace we do not want to go. So, so our perception is picking up what's coming and we just say, oh, I want that or I want this. I, you know, that's our way of... of that's the only of way getting of, in li- getting in line of getting it. in line with it, yeah, okay. of in some way welcoming it in to our system, you know? It, it's, it's, it's coming for you. You know it's coming for you. But this is all we have to work with, you know? Is desire, I want it or I don't want it, you know? And then we create a fantasy around what it's going to come. So when it comes, we imagine, oh, this is a reward for doing this, and it's like, oh, my God. It is so not a reward for anything. You know, but mind will look for evidence because it loves the reward system. We want to be good and we want to get the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We want to get a reward. So we've, we've set ourselves up to like, let's find evidence that proves that I'm good. And oh, bad things happen to bad people. No, they happen to good people. Oh, my God. Either way, it must be a reward or a punishment. It's like that whole system is bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. You know? But we try, we're trying so hard to control everything, to, to line up something so that it has some meaning or that it's, uh, you know, something must be a consequence to the way I thought or what I did, I must in some way have worked for it or deserve it. And it's like, that is so not what's going on in the God movement that's inside you. You see? So it's playing a great little trick on you, you know, to feel what's coming in. It's like, all right, sure, you're pulling in the next thing, but it was coming for you anyway. <laughs> But, but it makes you feel potent that you're actually making it happen. Would these things be happening anyway? Absolutely. But they wouldn't have as much importance. So maybe I can play the game of uh, alignment rather than manifestation. Play with that. Play with that. So it means going into the emptiness to, to feel what's... what's can, I, can I zip through a timeline and see what's coming? Can I, can I play with that so that you can get out of even linear time. That, that might prove more fruitful because it wouldn't be playing with the ego's set of rules of desire, but it would be like, gosh, can I, can I actually pull apart consciousness here to see what's happening to this trajectory in a month's time? 
Can I zip out? Can I, what, what can I do here? That might be worth something to play with. Let's try it. Yeah. Yeah, give a go. Because the other thing is going to go tits up, you know? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Sorry, my Irish crudeness is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the wrong continent for that, sorry. Okay. Appreciate it, thank you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tom? Good morning. Good morning. This, this whole past conversation with Brian just... What keeps you from becoming fatalistic? That's not my real question, but start there first. In other words, it's all emotion is going to happen. So in reality, why are we here in the first place? Mm. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in reality? In capital R reality? We're not. We're not, okay. So in subjective reality... Okay. Because we're, we're God having an experience. We're the absolute, imagining that it's not the absolute. Yes, okay. I'll take that one. Yeah, sure. And, and we have to have place for both, you know? Oh, I, I you know can, what I mean? It's I like from that, that perspective, we're not. From that perspective, we sure are. So, so where does yeah. cause and effect come in yeah. there? Yeah, sure. We're God having an experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so the issue is that somehow we, I'm buying this as I'm just taking responsibility or ownership of the experience. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. So that then begs the next question you spoke about, you know, respect taking care of her daughter. Yes. And this is, Barbara and I have had some tussles lately. And what I'm seeing is, first of all, I'll be just furious with her. And then I'll think, but wait, if I'm, really going to be honest it's me it's the responsibility is here i'm responding but it's all my responsibility it's not like she's doing this i'm doing this yes that is that clear yes yeah yeah it's great however the you mentioned something also about you just get so tired of something just drop it let it go it's time with it yeah this is something so deeply embedded it's like you know it's it's like neurons that are all this sort of some sort of carcinoma that's just wound itself all through the neurologic system. Okay, right. That's a tough one, and and quite honestly, it, it's a real conditioning deal. And I can see, put this way, we're talking about what to do with her daughter. I thought my mother, if she had just been at peace, that would have been the greatest gift she could have given me, because she wasn't, and I sensed a responsibility for that. And I'm still living with that for all these years. And you really yeah. get out of it. It's nuts. But it's there. And as hard as I try to, to shake that or lose it, it's still there. So, and that could be for any feeling or anything that's really deep in there. Yeah, I recognize that. But it, and as much as I want it or try it or ignore it or make it go away, it doesn't. Excuse me, it's still there. Yeah. Where to go? Okay, where to go with this one? <clears throat> this is an energetic deal. It's yeah. not. It's not here because yeah. it's illogical. It's sure. totally illogical. Sure. Nothing. This is deep. It's deeper than thinking. Yes. It's in the amygdala, or wherever you want to call yeah. it. But it's deep in there. And I, you always point right here. You, know, you can see me in this. Yeah. This is where it's felt. Yeah. Um, and I know you're seeing something. So. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <clears throat> 
And let me I'll just add yeah. something. Yeah. Last night it was feeling, and as much as the desire to lose it, there was also the resistance to losing it. You know, and yes. I, yeah, yes. it's like, no, I'm going to hang on to this one. Yes, you know, so there that's was, what I was. That's where I'm going to go. Yeah, okay. So the resistance was really there. It's like, for whatever reason, and of course, what happens if that goes? Yes, and what happens if the individuality goes? Yes, and massive fear. Yes. You know, uh, and rage. Yes. Rage. And I, oh, I'm really angry. Yes. About this too. Yes. Um, all of that. Great. Yeah. You're unraveling it as you talk, Tom. Okay. I know, and I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, ooh. Yeah, so that's why I came up. Great. I knew it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. But it's also like we're not here. It's <laughs> that's right that's right yeah yeah you can see that too yeah but, but, but yet that. this is showing up in in yeah so we got to deal with it where it's showing up yeah and it's you painful know? and it's suffering and it's kind of like we were talking this morning i thought you know i'm just so tired of the suffering yes even though we have a good time we laugh I sure enjoy work but tired of that too um I diverted, though. It's okay. It's okay. I diverted. Okay. So the resistance to giving up that, can I call it a role for being... Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. That'll work. Look at what I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're Mr. Responsible, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Fur. And now I have people's lives in my hands. Yes, literally. Literally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when you're taking responsibility... You know yourself. In somehow, it's given you a reference point, because that you can do it and you can do it well. Yeah. And you slip into that zone, and it gives you like your. This is my gig. It's familiar to you. Yeah. So your identity is wrapped up in in being responsible. Yeah. So there's more at threat than just the pattern of being responsible. Your identity is wrapped up in there. It's how you. That's how Tom. Tom knows Tom. Because he's running that sense of being responsible. All right? At least part of it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. part of it, exactly. Yeah. It's a chunk. It's a chunk it's a for chunk. now. Yeah. It's a big chunk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So with it being, if it goes, all right, anger, rage, and fear. Okay? So if it goes, we can't replace it with something else. Good. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. So what you're not going to get to feel is in your zone or the competent one or the one who fixes things or the one that can carry the whole show. It's like you've got this big capacity to, to hold something, but you've kind of narrowed it down into a, the short end of a funnel, you know, to, to, in your work or in your relationship, or you, you've narrowed it in, but you've got a big capacity to hold something. So what you do is that it gets intensified. And when, you're, when, when the opportunity to be responsible shows up, it's very serious. You see? You, you condense it all, rather than it being like, I can, I can hold a big lecture theatre. It's like, no, it's not size-wise. It's intensity. It's very serious stuff. Yeah. <coughs> so... This kind of contraction 
has made it very potent. It's very potent. So no wonder you're feeling the heat from it. And it's more the heat from it than actual anger. Right now, it's like it's the heat from this thing. It's like it's trying to combust. Okay, okay. I'm, right? I'm, 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 I'm listening. I'm, I'm not sure I'm putting it all together. But it's all right. It's all right. Let's cruise around. But I can deal with the intensity part of it. You can. Yeah. So what if you enjoy the intensity part, though? You see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's how it has been, like, the job that you have, rather than, you know, being whatever it is, the, a, a, a senator and watching, having a big, huge constituency. It could be that too, but it's not that for you, because you went for the intense part. That's, that I see at work. Yeah. At home, I don't sense that. Okay. I sense actually a frailty. Okay. In the inability to do, be responsible. Yes. It's a desire to be in the incapacity to make it work. It's a desire to be in the capacity to make it yeah, work. In other words, I sense a failure. I sense a failure. Yeah. Okay. Ah, the flip side of it is showing up. Yeah. The failure part. Yeah. It's a, I can't fix her. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, but I, yeah. it's incapable. Yes. You know, of the little three-year-old. Yes. To do that. Yes. But yeah, God, you know, it's just, 60 years stuff. Sure. Sure. Give me a break. Sure. Sure. Give me a break. So if that role wasn't to be played. Wasn't to be played. It wasn't to be played. Because it's the same thing. It's just the flip side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So the intensity of of your work is is intensifying the feeling of being the three-year-old at home. I, I want to pull yeah. them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that. You're, you're where, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see that. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who cares if you can't fix her? Really? 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 Yeah. It's not my responsibility. It's not anybody's responsibility. Even better. It, it, it's an idea that somebody should be responsible for fixing your mother. Yeah. It's an idea. I, I got that. It has no and, and value at that, all. This is just another concept. Yes. Just, you know, just do that. But yeah. that one, did, it still doesn't work. It's yeah. an idea. It's a concept. I can do that spiritually. Oh, it's just a concept. Yeah. Or shit. Yeah, or shit. Just, yeah. It's playing in reality. Just give me a break. It didn't do the energy is still just stuck there. It's like I said, it's embedded. (coughs) So why do you still want it? At some level, at some level, you're hanging on to it. Yeah. You're getting juice out of it somewhere. Yeah. I I don't know. I really don't know. There's just resistance or maybe perhaps it's fear. What will happen if I, if that's gone? Because my identity, whatever, I don't know. I don't know where the juice is coming from. Um, I th- I'm going to go with fear. Okay. Because it's like, ooh, getting that okay. big whack right now. Okay. You know? So what's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. <laughs> that's that's this, the craziness of it. Um, okay, but look at the phenomenal world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the... We talked a little bit once before about dementia. 
and losing it, losing yeah. cognitive ability. Yeah. That's always burning in the background too. Could, could it lead to that? Um, and so what's the worst thing about going a bit doolally? Losing all the physical comforts we have. Not that it's incredible, but it's still comfort. Okay. And enjoy it. Yeah, okay. It's nice. Losing the ability to have that. All right. You know. So what's the worst thing about having to downsize? The flexibility and freedom to do things we enjoy doing. Lose that. You know, I could be stuck someplace, can't go anywhere. Would you really be stuck someplace and couldn't go anywhere? You know what? I, I ask myself that too. Uh. And it's sort of, I will find a way to enjoy what I have. Yes. You know, what's there? You know, it, it would be okay. It would be okay. Okay, but I hear your words, but what I'm feeling behind it is like, I sure don't want that. Yeah, it's yeah. a resignation. It's a resignation. Like, I'd make do if I have to, but yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I would make do. And so that's, it's a resignation, but it's okay, I'll like, accept that reality, you know, but... So oh, it'd be nice to win the lottery, you know, that's... Okay, you know, that's, okay. You spoke to me last night about, you know, the exquisiteness of walking through those mountains. Yeah. So, yeah. so some things that you enjoy don't actually cost much? No, well, of course not. But, but it, it's, you know, it's kind of strong in our culture that if you don't have money, life sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It's actually not true. I believe that. I believe that. Okay. So then if you do lose your cognitive abilities and you can't have the lifestyle that you have now, life will just look differently. It will just take a different shape. But from where you're looking, it looks like I won't have as much fun. That's not true. That's actually not true. I believe that. So if life is going to reshape itself and you'll have a different lifestyle, it's an adventure. It's a total adventure to live in a different way. It is. There is actually nothing that, as long as you've got some kind of a roof and food, it's amazing the fun you can get out of the whole other world that you will discover. Because you've got to find fun that doesn't cost much. It's, Not that it does, we, do, we don't spend that much money. Yeah, but, you know, but, but, but you have ideas around it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and, it's, and there's a piece of me that thinks, God, I would just like to let go. Just really, just... Yes. Yeah, let go. So yes. If, so, some, if I could explain what I'm doing at work right now, you'd say, God, do you ever rest? Yeah. She would say the same. So, if you could just let go. Why don't you let go, Tom? For the same reasons, the fear of losing what we have. Which, when we talked about it, it's actually going to be fine. Yeah. Because you said, I believe it, that it'll actually be fine. You know what, though? I enjoy what I do. And it dawned on me. There's a high price. There's rage. There's, it's inside in your gut. But that, the enjoyment doesn't, I don't think it all comes because of that. You know, there's like, you're giving me a look. <laughs> I am, I'm giving you a look. <laughs> I, I, 
because like the the other journal came and I, I found myself really enjoying looking at some very esoteric things and I thought you know I enjoy this it's the intellectual stuff I enjoy yes and I do not believe that it's connected to here I don't okay um, it's <laughs> I don't I'm sorry <laughs> um, you're challenging me, I know that. Yeah, I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. I think, no, I think it's all bound up in the same package. Oh, that, that but, could be. Yeah. All right, now that, that I would yeah, acknowledge, the, but the, I haven't seen it. Yeah, the, 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 the playing out of the result of the ball, the neurological ball. Right. Right? Right. The play out of that shows up around responsibility. Okay. The two sides of it. Okay. The huge responsibility and the needing to take responsibility when, when it's not there. If you're really, really going to go for the high jump, then throw it all out. Throw, about, throw out both, the, both roles. Throw them both out and see what way the land lies. It's a high jump. Yeah. It's a high jump. But let's go there. Your identity is all wrapped up in your work, you know? So if we're going to drop identity, which is consolidate the consolidation, consolidating part of this lump that you want to get rid of, I don't know if you can continue in your work. Can you continue in that work with no identity? I don't see it, Tom. No, you're, you're drilling me. It's big. Yeah. It's really big. Yeah. The work I'm doing right now is sort of laying ground for the future, for future. <coughs> uh huh. The ego does that. It makes itself ever so attractive. I don't know, Jack. I'm, I'm getting just doing practical things. You know, yes. Thinking of the practical stuff. Yes. The practicality. Yes. Um, if you were to pose this to me two years from now, I'd say, okay. Really? Really. Because I'd already come up with something in my head just at a rose. You know? um, okay. Can you hang on to the hot ball for two years? I don't want to. I have so far, so... Why couldn't I keep going for two years? But I don't, that doesn't do me any good either. No, it doesn't do you any good at all. And it's not really what I want. Correct. Mm. It's a little bit of a trick I'm playing with Tom because if you completely land yourself in the place of like, okay, I'm going to walk away from all of it. I'm going to walk away from my career. I'm going to walk away from my identity, how I know myself. I'm just going to see what way my marriage lands. I'm just going to <coughs> just drop my games, drop all of my games. If you authentically and genuinely do that, something rearranges itself and you usually don't have to do it. Whereas if you have 1% that says, hey, maybe I won't actually have to do it, that I just completely accept this, Maybe I actually won't have to do it after all. It won't work. You'll be playing a game, no? 
It's like, was it Abraham? Was it that God told him to go up a mountain and chop his son's head yeah. off? If he was like, huh, God is never going to make me do this. It'll be fine. I'll just go up there and he's just going to say, stop. God would have made him do it. He would have made him do it because that would have been his learning. You know, but it's like, hey, you, I mean, it's already done. It's already done, actually. You, you've processed every single thing that this can teach you. So there was no point in him doing it. So it, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you to no, actually I know. I know. retire and just cut all of the games. Cut all of the games. Cut it all out. Do one big piece of surgery here. Pump. Take it all out in one go. And let's, let's see. Let's see how it manifests in your world, how many changes actually take place there and what kind of changes take place there. But internally, if I can get you to the place of where you're actually writing a letter of resignation, where you're completely and totally doing it, full on doing it, how it pans out, hmm, that's phase two. It mightn't actually follow through. The work might happen in the process. But you can't bank on it. So you have to be prepared to let it go. No, I, I hear this totally. So it's going to bring up all the attachment. It's going to bring up all the, you know, the stuff that you love, the interesting, the, you know. They're all of the world, Tom, all those things. Of course. And, and I see that. when they're at their sweetest is the time to give them up. Anybody can chuck it when, when we're fighting with the boss or the establishment or like, ah, oh, I'm walking from it. Great. Like, that's not going to work. For your spiritual path, that's not going to work. Whereas when it's really, when you're shining, that's when to walk. Then you learn something. I won't take away more time. Cook it. Cook it and, and see what, what are the layers that it brings up. That's what I'm interested in. What layers is this bringing up? I couldn't even tell you. Right yeah. Okay, it's... If truly what I want is truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You ready to lay it on the line? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I would, the other thing I'd say is just ignoring the topic. Okay. We'll leave it here for right now. Okay, for right now. Yeah. We'll talk later. Yeah. See and see if in your gut, okay, I'm resigning. I'm, let that drop in. I'm going to resign. I'm going to quit at the end of the year. I'm going to quit. I'm going to resign. And just just take note of what happens. Well, I've already got another job lined up. See. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Or other training, but... Uh, uh-huh. Nothing. Resign in order for there to be a blank space, a complete blank space. And if you work again, let it come in in a nif- different way, a very different way. Otherwise, we're just swapping out. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll just run this past you. Then. Yes. I've become interested in hospice and palliative care. Yeah. In helping people die. Yeah. To accept death, physical death. Yes. Of course. Yes. But there's actually, in order to really 
to do it, you need to be trained in it. I'm yes. going to do another fellowship. Yeah. A year of training. Yeah. I'm three quarters of the way there, you know. Yeah. Because it's certainly with experience. I talk to families all the time. Yes. About, hey, his time is limited here. What yeah. do you want? You know? What do you see? But to do it. And the interesting, they do palliative care for children with terminal cancer. Yes. I used to be a pediatrician, too. Yes. Um, wow. That's struggling, too. Is that a cop-out, too? To not go into the place of having no work, no anchor, is a cop-out. Okay. It's like, I'm going to resign and actually have nothing and just experience what it's like to live with nothing. And the shift that that will create inside me, then we see how I'll meet future careers, if there will be any future careers. <coughs> Maybe I'll discover I just want to go freaking fishing. But that blank space has to happen, otherwise you're, you're, you're literally just moving careers. Yeah. Okay. Resign to do nothing. 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 And if colleagues say, wow, you're quitting. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, it's like, you know, know. I'll take sabbatical for a year and then I'll do something else. Yeah. You give them an answer. Just yeah. to stop the talk. It's fine. Yeah. But you know, like, no, I'm actually doing nothing. Okay. Go there. It's a good exercise. And let's see what actually unfolds. I don't know actually which one you'll do, Tom. I, d- I don't know. Right now I can't see because there's too many, too many stories it's going to bring up and break things. And, you know, it, it, it's got to go down a good few levels for you to actually be able to like, okay, I actually I am going to resign. And I don't know if arriving at that place will mean a letter of resignation or if it will actually have shifted all that we're talking about. I'm not quite sure yet. So I actually can't tell you what the outcome is going to be. <laughs> I actually can't see it. Well, the problem with the future is you don't know what's going to happen. Or I usually have a good idea. <laughs> but I actually can't see it with you, which is interesting. Which, which tells me there's a lot to be learned from doing this exercise. So do the exercise. Go there. And we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see how it cooks. Actually, I just want to come up here to talk to you. And uh, it's very hard for me to uh, think of any question. Okay. Yeah, because anything comes up, it disappears. Um, uh, so, <laughs> but I'm just going to just to say something, and whatever you can see, just please jump in. Um, well, interesting to say that uh, yesterday um, I saw the gentleman was talking about that experience, that I, I had that experience too. Which, like, which experience? Uh, okay, um, well, um, my, um, the scene is from top 
and sees everything, and all the people are unreal. It's like yes. a dummy, a cartoon. Yes, they just do whatever they are they were doing. Yes, and uh, whatever goes in here doesn't matter at all. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. The it's mind has nothing to do with what's actually right. What people are doing, yeah. right? Uh, that doesn't last long. But it was it was a very interesting scene. Yeah. And I also saw that I have no head. You have no head. No head. Yes. It doesn't exist. Yes. Um, or um, when when I was walking, and all of a sudden, um, uh, everything is. Yes. But no, no one here. Yes. Um, and then I heard a voice saying, uh, "It is nothing but everything." That was the first time I heard that kind that sentence in my whole life. I don't know where the voice come from, but sure. that what I heard. Um, I know what all those happened without me, uh, without any effort. It's just uh, spontaneously occurring. So I know it is not something I can chasing. It's just uh, good to good to see. Um, um, then I'm in this spiritual path and uh, reading books and hear teachers talking and hear other people's experience. Um, and I took everybody's the words literally as, you know, like something, you know, if I, if I need to wake up, I need to be in a certain state. Um, um, But that is quite a bit of hook, making me working so hard to try to reach in some stabilized state, you know, um, different kind of uh, awareness, you know, different kind of, because I had those awareness, I know, oh, those things exist. Um, like starting wearing some kind of permanent lenses from, and see things differently, completely differently, or okay. like there's no self, uh, there's the whole, is um, unity or infinity. Just take those words as literally truths that I have to chase them for. Um, but lately, um, uh, I starting to seeing that, um, just like you said yesterday, this is as good as it's got. Um, everything is, is already, is 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the only uh, thing is that um, there is misidentification and uh, yes. feel like uh, there is me here. Yes. Um, um, but actually, the me is is is, uh, is like kind of a thief, uh, steal the, the true identity as this identity. So in, in that sense, then everything is... Um, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of a but <laughs> always. But <laughs> um, I starting to see that uh, the thought comes up, and then I identified with it, and then created this person, uh, and also I do see that um, by believing the thought. That I created a, a, um, a false person here, mm -hmm. and trying to reach a certain goal. So it's it's ironic. It's really 
doesn't impose the truth there. Um, it's like chasing the tail, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm creating a, a person here and mm -hmm. the person wants to do a certain thing and then I'm starting to chase it and one after the other. But actually the thought are, comes up and also disappears. And uh, um, when it's disappeared, that is open space. And that is what awares of everything. Um, see, last um, um, in May, I was, well, I was sitting here and I was talking about my head. Yes. Uh, you know, energy always runs to my head. Yes. Um, very intense, um, sometimes can be hurtful. It's getting much better. Yes. Um, uh, but still, a lot of seeing, you know, the, the openness, you know, when I'm walking the places, I just feel like a floating because everything, uh, everything appears at once. Yes. But, uh, you know, as walking happened, I just feel the sensations. Yes. And the, the scenery just go flowing. Um, but quickly, you know, I start feeling, oh, it's me walking here. Okay. Uh, so the experience kind 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 of uh, and is that believed um, when that thought oh it's me walking here when that lens is it believed um or is it just a thought it is a thought but then quickly once i starting pay attention to certain things something interests me inside of this totality when i'm focused uh, zoomed in something, the interest is there. Then they're starting, you know, became this me again. <laughs> okay, so so can you be interested in something and hold your outside perspective? It's like, it's, it's an ability we can learn. It's like what I was talking about birds this morning. Yeah. Can, your, can your left brain be interested in something, but yet your right brain is holding the broader view? Can you do that at the same time? Or do you always leave the, the pure perceiving in order to function as an interested person? As right now, I'm yes. like this. Okay. Yes, there's a word. Yes. Uh, um. <laughs> it can happen both. At the same time? Like right now. Yes, right now um, the broader view is, is running. Yeah. Yes. So can you talk to me? Yes, I still can talk to you. Okay. Yeah. Can um, you tell me what you had for dinner last night and keep the broader view? Or what you had for breakfast this morning, either? I had a very interesting breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but what did you have for breakfast this morning and keep the wider view? Name the things that you had for breakfast this morning and keep the wider view. I had a persimmon, grapes, and some kind of uh, soil milk with... Um, um, some kind of nutrition powder mixed together. 
How did it taste and keep the wider view? Do you want me to talk about the experience right now or at the time when I was 18? Uh, so I'm asking about your breakfast. Yes. So your memory is going to have to... Your memory is what's going to be telling me, no? So I'm asking you to go into your memory because if you ate something four hours ago, it's only your memory that has a story about it, huh? Yes. So stay in the wider view and tell me how the soy milk thing with powder tasted. Well, it tasted delicious. Okay. I loved it. What was the texture? Creamy. Okay. And it has a little bit of sweetener in it. What was the sweetener? Well, it's the sweet taste of probably almond or something. I, I don't really know. Um, and I loved it. Okay. Are you still on the wider view? Yes. Okay. So interesting, talking from the wider view, it's like you're a little bit robotic. You lose your dynamic self. Your, your body isn't moving at all, and you're kind of robotic or monotone. Hmm. Do you yeah. notice the difference in how she was yeah. talking, huh? So? <laughs> <laughs> Have you access to your dynamic self when the wider view is playing? Interesting. Have I ever? That could be very difficult. Would it? Um then I would suck in into this personality as if there is somebody there. But when I'm in the wider view, I'm just seeing, you know, just... Yes, you're just seeing. seeing. Yeah. But the dynamic aspect of the personality is accessible to you. You see, consciousness does the dynamic personality. Right. Like when, five minutes ago when you were just yapping and, and moving and, and full of beans, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, but your, your sister, you, were, you were being the woman then you had contracted right in you see and then when you go to the wider view it's like you're a bit stoned you know <laughs> <laughs> really you really, know yeah. yeah okay yeah. so consciousness is doing both but, but your brain is saying uh uh-uh, uh we got to make a decision here we're, we're doing the personality and when you've got all that extra energy for the personality then she's dynamic but 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 you've lost the wider view. Somehow your, your brain imagines that, 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 that the dynamic personality is only when you're sucked in, being identified with her. Yeah. So I'd like to tell you, no, no, the dynamic personality is completely accessible to pure consciousness without the trade-off of losing the perspective of the wider view. Actually, you know, I, I can see your point because... Um, and everything is, uh, I can be, you know, when I'm dealing with certain things, I can be very either aggressive or very quick action or, you know, all of that. And I can see the, the energy side of it. It's just that before the thinking, it just, everything appears. Yes. And the, the energy just flows through very quickly. Yes. But at the meantime, well, shortly after I've seen that, I started wrapped up into the story. Yes. Yeah, but, but there is definitely, um, um, the energy is 
before that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stay in the wider view. And what's that energy about then? Hmm. Is the energy when there's a contraction to go into the personal? That's what the energy is, isn't it? It's a pulling together. Yeah. Yeah, because you've left and, and the energy that it, from the wider view was chunk, it's all got into left brain stuff. Right. Right. But it's still, in the, uh, well, in the reality, I, it never leaves because uh -huh. that's all it sees, that regardless yes. what's the situation and what kind of energy, what this, whatever it is. Yes. But it is all seen included encompassing right yeah that's yeah. in theory that's yes, in, theory. in theory yeah but i but i can easily uh lost it you can yeah. you do yeah. you lose yeah. it right yeah. yeah you lose it yeah and another thing is um um if you're right that lately i quite often feel like my back are completely open yes just that there's no back whatsoever yes yes everything's is yes. Open. Yes. Um, it feels really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. Probably because the energy kind of started dropping down. And yesterday, when you started, you were suggesting that we dropping the energy to um, to the to the gut. You know, I was actually looking into my abdomen in the back. Right. And from that place, everything opens. It was. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Um, and, and also, the most open point of our chakra system is, is behind. The chakras behind open more than the chakras in front. Hmm. So you're actually probably picking that up too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they get wider and wider behind. Yeah, the opening is bigger. You know, I'm, I'm very... Um, how to say that? Always trying to you know what I can do. You know, yes. I need to do something. I need yes. To, so yes. that kind of thought can be easily triggered. Yes. And yes. immediately, when you suggest something, I said, "Okay, I have to do this." Yes. <laughs> but actually, Which, you know that old habit. We've right. spoken about that before. Remember? It's just right. like forget it. There's nothing to do, girl. There's nothing to do. Do nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this you mentioned as if there's a stage you'd like to get to. There isn't really, there isn't really, this is as good as it gets. This is as good as yeah. it gets. But all we can do is just move towards getting out of the way, you know, just getting out of the way. Yeah. Um, is it a state? I, I don't know, really. It's just what's totally natural to, to like, um, to be coming from the bigger picture and to a, a, allow life uh, to be met with whatever it is is appropriate at that time. It's the best that our mechanism can do at that time. That's always enough. Is that a state? I don't know. I think it's being fully human. That's how it makes sense to me. It just feels like it's totally human, being human, you know? So, yeah, you're very good at homework because you, you'll, do, you'll do what it is. But start playing with that, that when you feel the energy the rush of energy just before the contraction of going into a story. It's like, whoa, there's the rush. It's great that you can, you can find the rush, the intensification of energy. Mm -hmm. 
It's like, whoa, pull that back again. Open that again. Open that again. And now do what you were going to do. Mm. Because you'll have access to the, to, to the I am or to something very deep. And identification, there won't be a full investment in identification. Mm. Because you need to contract and cut off the wider picture in order to create the personal sense of I. Yeah. You, you have to. So we're coming at it from a different angle. It's like if you can feel the energy that it takes to build up the identification with the personal I, let's go after the energy. When you feel the contraction, don't follow the contraction. Keep it wide open and function from there. Mm. And there actually won't be identification. Mm. There won't be. Okay. Play with it. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Play with it. It's subtle, but you, you have access to this way of working. Play with it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sure, sure. You're very welcome. Will we do lunch? Yes. 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 <laughs>